It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Hallelujah. Father, on this another Resurrection Sunday, we pause to say that we are so grateful that death, hell, and the grave could not hold you. And as the songwriter said, because you live, we can face our tomorrows. Because you live, every fear that we have, God, is gone. God, we pray for those today who are both here in person and those who are connecting with us online and virtually that Lord you would encourage them to know that hope is alive people are in some very challenging places God and our world continues to become even more challenging but we thank you that because you got up from the grave you have reminded us that there's no situation or circumstance that is greater than you Holy Spirit, would you breathe on this word on this another Easter Sunday to remind us, God, that you show up in the darkest and the most difficult places. And God, I know that this world more than ever needs you. And you have always and you always will be the only hope for the world. And it's in the name that is above every name, the name that demons tremble to, the name that angels bow and worship and the name that has redeemed us in the mighty name of Jesus we pray and all that agree with that said amen and amen come on give the Lord praise wherever you are come on give the Lord praise wherever you are hallelujah hallelujah wow this feels good, Citadel, to see you all. I'm telling you, it is such a joy and such a blessing uh, to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, all of you that are visiting with us, you're not a member of our church, even those that are online. Listen, for those that are online, you can still connect with us and be a part of worship. So when we ask a question, you can get in a chat and let us know, hey, that's me, this is me. So let's be interactive that way. But if you're not a member of our church and you're visiting with us, either in person or online, just let us know who you are. Would you raise your hands? Would you kind of... Well, Welcome, 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 welcome. Good to see you. Good to see you. And Citadel, we're so glad to have you back in the house. So many of you that are here today. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Listen. Uh, my voice is a little lower than normal. I was at uh, the Thumb Correctional Facility yesterday. Prison Fellowship invited me to share with the inmates there. Last year, I shared a message, and it was broadcasted to all of the prisons in Michigan, and I'm so grateful that they invited me for the special Easter service at the Thumb Correctional Institution. Uh, I thought it was going to be inside. It was outside. I was outside for five hours preaching outside. And so uh, <clears throat> uh, turn to your neighbor and say, pray for pastor. But how many of y'all know I will preach? Now, I preach. I don't care uh, if I sound like Barry White or not. <laughs> uh, if you have your Bibles, if you open with me to John's Gospel, John chapter 20. John chapter 20. The 
beginning at verse 1. John's Gospel, chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. Hallelujah. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know why, where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but after the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had, had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this time, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that she had seen, that he had said these things to her. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I can believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. I want to talk from the subject today, the disciples, the devoted, and the doubting. Uh, turn to your neighbor and just say, repeat that. Say the disciples, the devoted, and the doubting. Amen. Amen. We came to know him. As a matter of fact, Paul also says, death, where is your sting? And grave, where is your victory? Because we no longer are afraid of 
dying. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And the day will come, you all, when God sounds the trumpet that everyone, every person who has ever died in Christ, the Bible says, when the trumpet of God is sounded, those dead will rise. No matter where they are, no matter how long they've been dead, no matter that our world is shifting. Indeed, our nation has shifted. As I said several months ago, for the first time in American history, you all, for the first time in our nation's history, most people don't identify as a Christian. That means that we are living in a post-Christian America. Now, what does that mean? How many of y'all remember growing up and Easter Sunday, everybody went to church? Mm -hmm. My wife introduced a book to me several years ago that transformed our relationship, transformed the way that we view uh, each other, the way we view life. And it's now become the cornerstone of my counseling to most couples. It's a book by Paul Tripp called, What Did You Expect? Now, you all, the, the, the title uh, will mess you up because it kind of has a negative, like, what did you expect? It, it's not like that. Basically, the book summed up this way. We often will have expectations of people that they are unable to fulfill. Let me say it again. We will have unfair expectations of what we think people should do, how we think people should be, and oftentimes our expectations of them will cause great disappointment, sometimes even breakup, because we want them to be what they are not. And so you all, what happens when Jesus who walks to finally be an under the, out from under the foot of the oppression of Rome? They believed that Jesus was going to come as a conquering king, that Jesus was going to restore Israel back to its prominence like it was in the Old Testament, that in the lineage of King David, King Jesus would now finally let the Jewish people put the Romans in their place. And so when Jesus said, I have to go to the cross, Peter said, no, you're not going because I expect you to be something other than who you are. I expect you to be one that would meet my agenda for you and not you meet God's agenda. And I wonder today how many of us, as we make decisions to follow Christ, listen, we want Christ to be for us and we want Christ to be by faith. And the greater way, listen, there's, there's two ways you can do it now. You can do it by sight or you can do it by faith. You can choose, but the better way and the more excellent way is to live by faith. And I'm wondering today how many of you all, how many of us are living our lives waiting to see it and then once we see it, we believe it. I just came to let you know that this Resurrection Sunday is about you not always having to see it to believe it. Did God say it? If God says it, then that settles it and I believe it. I need to talk to about three people that are willing to believe God even when you don't see it. What does God's word say? And are you willing to say, yes, God? I trust you and I believe you even when I cannot see it. Faith calls those things that be not as though they already were. And some of us will shout when we see it. <laughs> but I need some people that will shout by faith before they see it. Oh my God in heaven. They had to see it and once they saw it, they believe. Verse 8, he saw and believed, but they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Watch this now, verse 10. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. <laughs> After they saw Jesus resurrected, instead of going out and telling other people, what did they do? 
they went back to where they were staying. How many of us after this Resurrection Sunday hearing about what God is calling us to do instead of moving out in faith and doing supernatural exploits for him, instead of being the body of Christ that can make a difference in a world that is far from God, how many of us instead of doing that will choose to go back to what we're used to? They went back home. They went back to the familiar. It says they went back to where they were. And I'm just curious that many of us Christians come Sunday after Sunday, week after week. God gives us a word. God gives us insight about how he wants us to live. God gives us insight about how to overcome stuff and how to become victorious in him. But instead of trusting him and instead of stepping out by faith, we have the propensity, just like the disciples, to go back to where we were staying. Look at the next verse. Go down to verse 19. Hallelujah. On the evening of the first day of the week, now you know he rose on the first day of the week, so that evening when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Now listen, didn't they just see Jesus resurrected? But now what did they do? They went back where they were staying, locked the doors, fearful of the Jewish leaders who had also crucified Jesus who had just got resurrected. So, watch this. What was good for Jesus ain't good for us. What was good for him is not good for us. So we are going to go back to our house and we're going to lock the doors, fearful of what the Jewish leaders will do to us because we know that if they know we are associated with him, then they might kill us too. So we're going to be ashamed of him because we don't want to be known as one of his followers because that would bring judgment and possible death to us. Many of us are afraid of people knowing that we are connected to Jesus because that could mean the death of our reputation with them. We don't want people to know that we're followers of Christ because that could mean that people would begin to attack us or people would begin to come against us. So we'd rather uh, hide and we'd rather kind of be anonymous with our faith, hoping that we can escape the eyes of people that might associate us with God. In church, everybody's saved. But I'm wondering, how are you at work? <laughs> at church, everybody's saved. But I'm wondering, how are you at Kroger? At church, everybody's born again. But how are you at the crib? How are you at home? You all, these individuals were afraid of what the people would say because of their connection to Jesus But it says that while they were there, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. There's no locked door that Jesus can't come through. There's no place that you are that Jesus cannot come through. And listen, you all, what I love about Jesus, when he shows up, listen, he shows up meeting their doubt. He shows up meeting their unbelief. He shows up meeting their fear. And what's the first thing out of his mouth? Not shame on you, but peace be unto you. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Listen, when you are fearful, when you are disobedient, when you're not being everything God wants you to be, when Jesus Jesus shows up with you. He's not coming to judge you. He's not coming to condemn you. He's coming to give you something. Peace 
be with you. <laughs> are you feeling what I'm saying to you? Listen, you all, some of you all are afraid of Jesus coming to you because you're like the disciples. You're fearful. You're hiding. You may be disobedient, but you're thinking that when Jesus comes, he's going to condemn me. Don't you know that that's not why he came into the world? He said, I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but I came into the world to save it. Listen, Jesus doesn't want to judge you. Not yet. He's going to judge you in the but Right now, he wants to love you. Right now, he wants to give you peace. Right now, he wants to give you joy. Right now, he wants to give you a bright future. Don't you run away from God because you think that when Jesus comes to you, he's going to treat you like church people. Jesus is not going to treat you like church people. He's going to give you some peace. He's going to give you some joy. He's going to give you some love. He shows up in the midst of them and says, peace be with you. And after this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. He showed them that he indeed had died. Look at my hands. Look at my side. Unless you think that I'm not who I am. I want you to see that this is my resurrected body. As a matter of fact, we find in another text, the Bible says he actually asked for something to eat. Because he wants them to know that the resurrection, he said, they said, oh, you must be a ghost. He says, no, 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 no. I'm not a ghost. I'm a resurrected body. And the same way that I have been resurrected fully in my body, so will you one day. I came to encourage somebody that has lost a loved one. I came to encourage somebody who has lost somebody. One day they they will get up from the grave incorruptible and the same way Jesus walked and talked and ate they will walk and talk are you hearing me he reminded them of what the resurrected body would look like look at my hands and look at my side I'm the one I'm Jesus that you saw crucified but now I'm resurrected and look what he says in verse 21 again he said peace be with you Watch this now. As the Father has sent me, what did he say? I am sending you. What is the first thing he says to them? First of all, peace. All right, peace. But then, but let me tell you what I want you to be mindful of, disciples. I want you to be mindful of followers of me. I, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Why did we go out last Sunday watch, walking around for Palm Sunday? Because God has sent us. He does not send us to come into this building only to communicate with each other. It's great to have fellowship. Community is important in the body of Christ. But this is not the end all of the Christian faith. And for most of us, we've turned this into a club. And we've turned this into some kind of place where only the folk that know us and like us and dress like us and worship like us and talk like us can ever come together. God has called us to the world. He says, the way that the Father has sent me... I am sending you and you all that's each of you individually sending you into the world the same way the father said leave your comfort zone and go into the unfamiliar I'm calling you to do the same leave your comfort zone and go into listen going to the prison was leaving my comfort zone y'all listen you when you go to the prison it's a situation you got to go through one thing and another thing, and they start locking them doors behind you. That's the first door. <laughs> then it's the second door. <laughs> then it's the third door. Then it's barbed wire everywhere. You can't get out of there. And when God says go into all the world, he means all of the world. 
Here's the question. What is God calling you to do? I'm not saying that's the same thing he's calling you to do. He's calling me to do, but, but I do believe he's calling you to do something. And I'm wondering what is it that God is prompting and leading and convicting you about? What is he saying to you as he was sent, as the father sent him? He says, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. In that moment, Jesus reminds the disciples, I have come into your midst, not for you to build a monument to me, but for you to represent me. You are my body. And if you don't do it, it won't be done. If you don't go, they will not hear. Listen, you all, God has placed the plan of eternity in your hand. Not mine, but yours. And the question is, when, when, when you realize what this Resurrection Sunday is about, that Jesus got up from the grave with all power of heaven and earth in his hand, and he says, he breathed on them and said, now I want you to go, and I'm going to give you the kind of authority as apostles that even for those that you say are forgiven, they'll be forgiven. Wow, what an amazing thing for these disciples to encounter Jesus and respond the way that they did. They had to see it. He had to show up. And listen, the disciples were so stubborn. He had to show up in their midst through closed doors and let them see his hands and feet for them to believe. But I want to look at the devoted. Look at verse 1. <laughs> let me talk to the ladies. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. Listen, you all, Mary Magdalene was a woman who had a bad history. She had a bad past. As a matter of fact, Mary Magdalene was known in the town as a woman of ill repute. And when Jesus met her, he did not condemn her. Everybody else in the town had already judged her. Everybody else that she encountered always had an agenda with her. For the first time, she meets a man with no agenda, not wanting something from her, but wanting to give her something. And Jesus gives her eternal life. Jesus loves her unconditionally and changes the trajectory of her life to the point that at every stop, Mary Magdalene was there. Wherever Jesus was from that day forward, you always saw Mary. You know why? Because even though in the Jewish tradition, women were considered less than dogs. When the Jewish men would stand to pray, they said, Heavenly Father, thank you that I'm not a dog and I'm not a woman. That's what the Jewish men prayed. So you all, when the women were doing stuff and talking, it didn't mean anything to the men of that day. And so when this woman breaks protocol <laughs> to show up early in the morning at a tomb, she did it because when Jesus does something for the devoted, <laughs> they don't care what other people think about them. This woman had been through too much and Jesus had ministered and blessed her too deeply for her to be concerned about how the men folk would consider her. 
She said, you know what? I might be maligned by them. I might be talked about by them. But you know what? He's been too good to me. And he's been too kind to me for me to ever not do all I can do. I may not be a disciple because I'm not considered a disciple by them. Boy, but I know that I'm a disciple because he met me. Listen, you all, don't let other people decide for you who you are in Christ. Don't you let anybody decide for you whether or not you're valuable in the kingdom. There's some churches that won't accept you. There's some denominations that won't accept you. There's some pastors that won't accept you. There's some bishops that won't accept you. But long as Jesus accepts you, it doesn't matter what people think about you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? This woman shows up early in the morning and she arrives there, you all, and she gets there and finds the stone had been removed from the entrance. Look down, if you don't mind, at verse 11. <laughs> The disciples, now look at this now, watch this. Because Jesus appeared to them later, but he appeared to her first. <laughs> Peter gets in, looks. John comes in, looks. Man, it, he, he's risen. They go back. Like they do when the Jehovah's Witness start coming. We're not here. When the repo man coming, they're not, we're not here. This woman, however, stands outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. While the other disciples were running, she was weeping. While the other disciples were crying, she was weeping. Why? Because the only one that had made the difference in her life was gone. The only one that loved her unconditionally was gone. The only one that gave her life meaning and value and worth was gone. She was weeping. Who's going to love me now? Who's going to care for me now? Who's going to look at me that way? Who's going to trust me? And she was weeping and broken. And I wonder how many of us are in situations where we have been let down. Because maybe the only person in the world that cared about you is no longer in your life. The only person that saw you that way is no longer able to see you. She was weeping and crying. And as she wept, she bent over and she looked into the tomb. But when she looked in, look what she saw. She saw two angels in white. Seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. If I had time to deal with that, it looks a lot like the angels that were on the Ark of the Covenant and the Mercy Seat. If you ever look at the, uh, the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant, you'll see two angels that are sitting on both sides of two cherubim with their, with their wings spanned because that was considered the Mercy Seat. And so now at the head and the foot of Jesus' tomb the body where his body had been we see the angels that are seated and they asked her woman why are you crying listen y'all when you're crying loud enough other folk to hear you they asked her why are you crying who is it that you're looking for mm, mm, mm. you all i wonder she said they've taken my lord away and I don't know where they've put him. They've taken God from me and I don't know where he is. 
The devoted, listen, when the devoted loses sight on Jesus, they're broken. Where is he? He used to be here. I don't see him anymore. I don't, I don't hear his voice anymore. And I need him. And I wonder how many of you that when you fall out of fellowship and Jesus is not near, do you weep? Are you broken? Do you cry? Says, I don't know where he is. I want to talk to the person who's accepted Jesus at one point in your life, but because of circumstances, you can't see him no more. And you can't hear him anymore. And you're weeping and you're broken and you're wondering, where is he? What is, where is he? I don't know where he is. But she then says, where have they put him? I know that they placed him in the tomb, but where is he now? And the moment she said this, she turned around. I don't know whether or not she heard something in the background or, or, or some, some rustling of the, of the leaves. But it says she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Sometimes we can be crying out, Lord, where are you? And then he shows up, but he doesn't show up the way we expect. What did you expect? Did you expect Jesus to show up in, in, in flowing white raiment and garment? Or does Jesus show up sometime in a word from a child? Does Jesus show up sometime with an unexplained blessing that you know you did not expect? Does he show up with a doctor's report that turned out the right way and you, did, you, you ascribed it to good health care? I don't care what healthcare system you have, if Jesus doesn't do it, it don't matter anyway. Sometimes he shows up, and when he shows up, we don't recognize it as him. She didn't recognize him, even though it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Listen to these words. I love this. Listen to this woman, this devoted woman. Thinking he was the gardener, sir... My shoulder, I figure out what I need to do because I'll get him. Watch what he says, 16, verse 16. Jesus says to her, Mary. You know what he does? Listen, he calls her name again. She remembered how he called her name before. And she remembered the power in the name that when she called, he called her name before. And she heard him when it rolled off of her lips, Mary. She said, oh, I know that voice. And listen, and listen y'all, have you ever heard the Lord call your name? I'm not talking about audibly. Have you ever had the Lord call you and you know his voice? Listen, when you know the Lord's voice, it'll turn the situation around. When the Lord calls your name, it'll give you courage to go on. When the Lord calls your name, it'll encourage you to get up out of your depression and to move forward. I need, listen, you calling my name ain't important. The, the governor calling my name is not important. Kim and Kanye calling my name are not important. But when Jesus calls my name, oh, come on, somebody. When God calls you, the dead get up. When God calls you, Lazarus comes forth. When Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbi, which means teacher. She, she saw him. I know your voice. Jesus said, don't hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, stop holding on to me, 
and go tell somebody. Some have been holding on to church and holding on to religion and holding on to pastors and holding on to all the old stuff. He said, stop holding on and let go and tell somebody. The reason why the world does not know Jesus is because we've been holding on to him so tight that we haven't given him away. Christianity. But one of the things that he says in this book is this. Doubt, listen, doubt is not always a sign that a man is wrong. It may be a sign that a man is thinking. Let me just say this. For those that are watching and for those that are here, the reason why many people are not being one to the faith is because people think that people have to check their brain at the door. Uh, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, it does for you, but not for the doubter, not for the person with questions. If God is so powerful, why are there wars? If God is omnipotent, why did he let my granny die? If God says, pray the prayer of faith, and I do, and it doesn't work, what does that mean? If God is all that he says that he is, why are there murders and why is there crime? The list could go on and on and on with questions that people have. Now, listen, I'm not saying that every question can be answered or every question will be answered. Those are real questions. If, if God is why he is who he is, then why did he make me this way? How do I reconcile how I am with God and the scriptures? Those are real questions. And I came to let all of you that are listening, and listen, for the saints right now, some of y'all, you know, you just want to get, mm, he got up. I'm not talking to you. For the ones that are doubting God, for the ones that are far from God because the church has not intelligently and prayerfully approached your honest questions, we apologize for our insincerity in claiming that we care about you. Big powerful Sunday. Jesus showed up at church. Didn't y'all feel him? Yo, ooh, honey, I felt the glory. Thomas wasn't there. So, the, so listen, so the stuff that you're experiencing and you're trying to explain to your people at, at your job, they don't know what you're talking about. They have no idea what you're talking about. Not even if your family have no idea what you're talking about. He wasn't there. Verse 25, the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, good for you. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now listen, before you judge him, because listen, doubting Thomas, right? Doubting Thomas. It's the doubting Thomas text. When Jesus appeared to the disciples, what did he show them? Why do you think they believed? Because they saw the same thing he was at. He had enough guts to put on his lips what was in their mind. Okay, you heard me say this before when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father but by me. God wants us to come to him. And he wants us to ask of him. And so he says, listen, until I put my finger in his hand and sight, I will not believe. Because y'all jokers didn't believe until y'all saw him for real, for real. Verse 26, a week later. What happens when you ask God to do something and he waits a week later to do it? He showed up with them the first day he got up. But now a week later, Thomas had to wrestle with his doubt. They believed. They were shouting. They were, they were still hiding but shouting. 
but he was doubting and hiding. I wonder how many people are waiting for God to show up. And I came to say on this Resurrection Sunday 2022, maybe this is God showing up for you now, reminding you that your questions are not forbidden with him. As a matter of fact, he just wants you to come to him. And when you come to him, he will deal with everything you've got. Listen, I don't know how he will answer you. I don't know if he will answer you. One thing I do know, if you come to him, he says, I'll come to you. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. He said, if you seek me, you will find me. It is impossible to say, I seek God, but I didn't find him. He says, seek me and you will find me. Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. And so you all, look at them, almost done. It says, he says, uh, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, again, in the house again, not out there, but in here again, because saints love to be in the house again. Glad to be in the service, glad to be in the service again, and again, and again, but not in the streets. Not where the folk getting killed on Gratiot. Not, listen, wouldn't it be awesome if every church would figure out what is in their neighborhood happening and they begin to gather and have church in the location where the drama is happening? Wouldn't it be deep if the salt and light would show up where the darkness is as opposed to light having light parties? Uh, by the way, that's a foreshadowing of things to come. Oh yeah, just get ready for that. Because ain't no way in the world, uh, post-pandemic, we're not dealing with mental illness. And when this stuff gets released this summer and folk get buck wild out here in these streets, we need the church to be mobilized and ready to go. Who, who just shot who? Who just killed where? We're going to go and we're going to pray. We're going to have worship. We go they were at the house again and Thomas was with them. Through the doors, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. I'm almost done. Why did he come back saying the same thing? Because he already talked to the devoted. He already talked to the disciples. But now I'm going to make a special trip a week later to come and meet the doubter. Listen, you all, God will meet you where you are. You don't have to be a deep follower of Jesus. You ain't even got to be a devoted follower of Jesus. You can be a doubter follower of Jesus and he will make a special appearance straight just for you. If you doubt God, if you are hesitant about God, if you're hesitant about religion, if you've got issues with the church, if you've got issues with God, I dare you to just come as you are and say, Jesus, I need to see you. Jesus, I need to encounter you. Jesus, would you come meet me? He came and stood in their midst and said once again, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, who told him what Thomas was thinking? Ain't nobody got to tell him nothing. He's God. Who told God what you're thinking? He already knows. And so he shows up and he says to Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Listen, y'all, after this is over with, we don't hear no more doubting out of Thomas. You know why? Because that's all he wanted. I followed you in faith about who you would be. Now I'm following you in faith about who I know you are. 
I followed you in the beginning about what I believed you were, but now I'm following you in faith for what I know you are. Listen, you all, there are seasons of your journey in faith. There are seasons of your journey in trusting God. Some of you all are starting out, and you believe that there's God, and you believe that there's Jesus, but you still have your doubts, and you still have your fears, and you still have your concerns. Can I tell you something? Jesus will meet you there. There are others of you all that have been changed by God, and can't nobody tell you can't nobody tell me can't nobody tell you nothing you know that God has changed your life you know that God has made a way for you you know that you're not the same anymore and you are the devoted and guess what Jesus will meet the devoted but I'm also glad that he will meet the person with questions he will meet the person with doubts he will meet the person with heartbreak he will meet the person with issues he says wherever you are on the pendulum I am God and I will meet you wherever you are resurrection Sunday is about God getting up to meet humanity wherever they are. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive and he's coming to your house. Come on somebody. So I'm done. As we pray this prayer today, as we pray this prayer today, I'm wondering, where are you? How do you identify yourself in the text? Do you find yourself like the disciples? hearing a lot of scriptures but not really believing to you see some stuff God says that's okay I'm gonna keep showing you some stuff and hopefully the more I show you the more you'll believe I'm not gonna judge you for being listen I'm not gonna judge you for being where you are God is big enough to meet you where you are maybe you're like Mary you've been changed your life is not the same and you've been transformed and God's like, you know what? I'm going to meet you where you are because you know what? I can entrust you to break protocol and talk to folk you're not supposed to talk to. I'm going to talk. Listen, I'm going to have a different conversation with you, Mary, than I would with the disciples or I would with Thomas. But maybe you like the doubter. You say, I'm coming with my questions coming with my concerns and my issues God is saying on this resurrection Sunday I am also able to meet you with your questions Citadel my prayer is that we will be the kind of church that will welcome all three of those kind of people we welcome the people that are scripture based folk who still don't believe (laughs) the devoted who've been transformed But maybe this larger group of people who may be the doubters, the seekers. I don't know how to say this. You are welcome here. I can't imagine what it would be like to be who you are. You want to know Jesus, but you're scared to show up in church. Because church is not like the Jesus that you read about in here. I just want you to know we're not a perfect church, far from it. But my God, we will do everything short of sin to let you know you're welcome here. I mean, for real, for real. I will put somebody out over you. If they can't deal with you and how you look, They can't deal with you and 
where you're from or your skin color, how you vote. And I got to choose between the Pharisee and scribe and you. That I would choose you over the Pharisee and scribe in my church that is so upset about you being here. I'm serious. So I don't know who you are in the congregation here physically or online. The biggest thing is, do you, do you hear Jesus calling you? And the Bible says if you draw near to him, that means just make a decision to get closer to him. He says, I will get closer to you. And so that's the prayer today is that you would make the decision to get closer to Jesus and, and accept him as your savior. Accept him as the one that would rule and lead your life. But maybe there are others of you that are online and in person that are not members and connected to a church. And I cannot think of a better Sunday than Easter Sunday for you to say, you know what, man, that, that made sense. If that's the way Jesus is and if that's the way Jesus' people are, I want to be a part of that. And today is the day of decision. The Bible says the day that you hear God's voice, not mine, but the day that you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. But accept his voice and, and lean into it. I'm not talking about like an audible voice, but you'll feel a leading. You'll feel a prompting. Yeah, this is where you belong. Listen, don't let the devil make you over-process. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life. In Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT, or please visit us on our website, Citadel of Faith. Dot org that simply spells c-i-t-a-d-e-l of faith.org all one word we would love to hear your testimonies we would love to hear your prayer requests know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone let's change the world together one person at a time